in light <coughs> in light of the harpy's hypersexuality of humans chimps and bonobos one wonders why so many insist that female sexual exclusivity has been an integral part of human evolutionary development for over a million years in addition to all the direct evidence presented here the circumstantial case against the narrative is overwhelming for starters recall that the total number of monogamous primate species that live in large social groups is precisely zero unless you insist on counting humans as the one and only example of such a beast the few monogamous primates that do exist out of hundreds of species all live in the treetops primates aside only 3% of mammals and 1 in 10,000 invertebrate species can be considered sexually monogamous adultery has been documented in every ostensibly monogamous human society ever studied and is a leading cause of divorce all over the world today but even in the latest editions of his classic book the naked ape the same Desmond Morris who observed soccer players happily sharing their lovers still insists that quote among human humans sexual behavior occurs almost exclusively in a pair bonded state and that adultery reflects an imperfection in the pair bonding mechanism unquote that's a major minor imperfection As we write these words, CNN reports that six adulterers are being stoned to death in Iran. Before the hypocritical sinners throw the first stones, the male adulterer adulterers will be buried up to their waists. In a sickening gesture toward chivalry, the women will be buried to their necks, presumably to bring a quicker death to these women who dared consider their bodies their own. Such brutal execution of sexual transgressors is anything but an oddity. Historically speaking, Judaism, Christianity, Islam and Hinduism each share a fundamental concern over the punishment for a woman's sexual freedom. Unquote, says Eric Michael Johnson. Whereas any man that committeth committeth adultery with another another man's wife both the adulterer and the adulteress shall be put to death Leviticus 20:10 but any unmarried women who has sexual relations with an unmarried man shall be brought to the door of her father's house and the men of her city shall stone her with stones that she die Deuteronomy 22:21 Yet even after centuries of such barbaric punishment adultery persists everywhere without exception 
as Alfred Kinsey noted back in 1950s, quote, even in cultures where, which most rigorously attempt to control the female's extramarital coitus, it is perfectly clear that such activity does occur, and in many instances it occurs with considerable regularity, unquote. Think about that. No group-living non-human primate is monogamous, and adultery has been documented in every human culture studied, including those in which fornicators are routinely stoned to death. In light of all this bloody retribution, it's hard to see how monogamy comes naturally, quote-unquote, to our species. Why would so many risk their reputations, families, careers, even presidential legacies for something that runs against human nature? Were monogamy an ancient evolved trait characteristic of our species, as the standard narrative insists, these ubiquitous transgressions would be infrequent and such horrible enforcement unnecessary. No creature needs to be threatened with death to act in accord with its own nature. The Promise of Promiscuity Quote, Modern men and women are obsessed with the sexual. It is the only realm of primordial adventure still left to most of us. Like apes in a zoo, we spend our energies on the one field of play remaining. Human lives otherwise are pretty well caged in by the walls, bars, chains, and locked gates of our industrial culture. Unquote. By Edward Abbey. As we consider alternate views of prehistoric human sexuality, keep in mind that the core logic of the standard narrative pivots in two interlocking assumptions. A prehistoric mother and child needed the meat and protection a man would provide. A woman would have had to offer her own sexual autonomy in exchange, thus assuring him that it was his child he was supporting. The standard narrative is founded upon the belief that the exchange of protein and protection for assured paternity was the best way to increase the odds of a child's survival to reproductive age. Survival of offspring is, after all, the primary engine of natural selection as described by Darwin and subsequent theorists. But what if risk to offspring was, were mitigated more effectively by behavior that, the, that encouraged the opposite arrangement? What if, rather than one man, agreeing to share his meat, protection, and status with a particular woman and her child, sharing were generalized. What if group-wide sharing offered a more effective approach to the risks our ancestors encountered in the prehistoric world? And in light of these risks, what if paternity uncertainty were more beneficial to the child's chances of survival? as more men would take an interest in him or her. Again, we're not suggesting a nobler 
social system, just one that might have been better suited to meeting the challenges of prehistoric conditions and more effective in helping people survive long enough to reproduce. The sharing-based social life is far from uniquely human. For example, vampire bats in Central America feed on the blood of large mammals. But not every bat finds a meal each night. When they return to their dens, those bats who have had a good night regurgitate blood into the mouths of bats who have not had as much luck. Recipients of such largesse are likely to return the favor when the conditions have reversed themselves, but are likely to give blood to bats who have denied them in the past. Rather, less likely to give blood to bats who denied them in the past. As one reviewer puts it, quote, The key to this bit for bat process is the individual bat's identity to rem- rather ability to remember the history of its relationships with all other bats living in its den. This mnemonic requirement has driven the evolution of vampire bat brains, which possess the largest neocortex of all known bat species. We hope the thought of vampire bats coughing up or coughing down blood for their non-blood relatives is graphic enough to convince you that sharing isn't innately noble. Some species, in some conditions, have simply found that generosity is the best way to reduce risk in an uncertain ecological context. Homo sapiens appears to have been such a species until relatively recent times. The near universality of fierce egalitarianism among foragers suggests that there was really little choice for our prehistoric ancestors. Archaeologist Peter Bugoki writes, quote, For Ice Age mobile hunting societies, the band model of social organization with its obligatory sharing of resources was really the only way to live, unquote. It makes perfect Darwinian sense to suppose that prehistoric humans would choose the path that offered the best chance of survival, even if that path required egalitarian sharing of resources rather than the self-interested hoarding of resources many contemporary Western societies insist is basic human nature. After all, Darwin himself believed a tribe of cooperative people would vanquish one composed of selfish individualists. Are we preaching far-fetched flower powers, silliness? Hardly. Egalitarianism is found in nearly all simple hunter-gatherer societies that have studied anywhere in the world, groups facing conditions most similar to those our ancestors confronted 50,000 or 100,000 years ago. They followed an egalitarian path not because they are particularly noble, but because it offers them the most, the best chance of survival. Indeed, under these conditions, egalitarianism may be the only way to live. As Bogoki concluded, institutionalized sharing of resources and sexuality spreads and minimizes risk, assures food won't be wasted in a world without refrigeration 
eliminates the effects of male infertility, promotes the genetic health of individuals, and assures a more secure social environment for children and adults alike. Far from utopian romanticism, foragers insist on egalitarianism because it works on the most practical levels. Bonobo Beginnings The effectiveness of sexual egalitarianism is confirmed by female bonobos, who share many otherwise unique traits with humans and no other species. These sexual characteristics have direct, predictable social consequences. Daywall's research has demonstrated, for example, that the increased sexual receptivity of the female bonobo dramatically reduces male conflict. When compared with other primates whose females are significantly less sexually available, the abundance of sexual opportunity makes it less worthwhile for males to risk injury by fighting over any particular sexual opportunity. Since alliances among male chimps, for example, generally serve to keep competitors away from an ovulating female or to attain the high status that brings more mating opportunities to a given male, the principal motivation for these unruly gangs evaporates in the relaxing heat of Bonobos's plentiful sexual opportunity. These same dynamics apply to human groups. Aside from the social habits of man as he now exists, quote unquote, why presume the monogamous pair-based model of human evolution currently favored would have been adaptive for early humans, but not for bonobos in the jungles of Central Africa? Unconstrained by cultural restrictions, the so-called continual responsiveness of the human female would fulfill the same function, provide plentiful sexual opportunity for males, thereby reducing conflict and allowing larger group sizes, more extensive cooperation, and greater security for all. As anthropologist Chris Knight puts it, quote, Whereas the basic primate pattern is to deliver a periodic yes signal against the background of continual sexual no, humans and bonobos emit a periodic no signal against the background of continuous yes. Unquote. Here, we have the same behavioral and physiological adaptation, unique to two very closely related primates, yet many theorists insist the adaptation must have completely different origins and functions in each.